Welcome to the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. This is the place where you'll hear kids ministry experts dive deep into practical and inspirational topics to help make you the best kids ministry leader or volunteer you can be. On today's episode, Bill Emiot and Shelly Harris discuss why it's important to make your expectations with volunteers clear. So let's get started. Here's Bill Emiot. Welcome back, friends, to our podcast studio, Kids Ministry 101, the podcast. We're excited to be here today to talk about some very interesting content, some very interesting information that um, I think every, all our listeners are going to to be um, sitting on the edge of their seat as we discuss, really, three parts of, of expectations with our volunteer base. Today in the podcast studio, we have a good friend, Shelly. Shelly Harris is here. She serves on our Explore the Bible team um, as a content editor, but there's a lot more to Shelly than Explore the Bible. Shelly, you've been at Lifeway for nine years now? It'll be nine years in August. But you were it, you were in kids ministry way before you walked into Lifeway. What? Where were you before Lifeway? Right. I was on church staff at a church in Kentucky as the children's and preschool minister. So did that for as, as part-time and then full-time for six years. Wow. Yeah. Then came to Lifeway. And then the last five years that I've been at Lifeway, I've also served part-time on our kids ministry Good team. For you staff at church so I know both. that you did your undergraduate work at uh, Murray State that's right go racers is that go right? racers <laughs> I don't know why I know that um, and then you received a master's degree from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville that is correct so you come here with a lot of um, of expertise in this area of managing volunteers Thank you for sharing with us today. I'm looking forward to this. The first thing, though, I want to talk with you about is why do we even need expectations? What don't we just shouldn't we just have everybody come and we know they're coming? They're going to do the right thing. Does that work out generally? <laughs> well, I think I know the answer. <laughs> Usually not. Um, I'll tell you a story. A couple years ago um, at Easter, our uh, some of our church staff decided that um, one of the many things they would ask small group leaders to do, since small groups don't meet on Easter, is they would add children's ministry to the list. They could come serve in preschool ministry for that morning and help us with the extra kids, the new visitors that come and come in. Well, what was communicated on our end was that we were getting extra workers and so people were showing up and they were you know I'm so and so and I'm here this morning to greet children and and I had to say well you know I actually had you down as helping in our two-year-old class. Would you like to greet two-year-olds <laughs> in the class? In the classroom, um, helping their teacher. And so we found that that happened about with 20 different people that oh, morning. Wow. And uh, so we just found out their expectation and our expectation somewhere in the middle, some communication had gotten twisted and they were showing up expecting one thing. We were expecting them to show up to do something else. And it, it just kind of led to frustration on both ends. And, and that's not good. No. I've often said that people don't live up to our expectations. 
because they don't know what we expect. Correct. And so if we don't tell a volunteer that we expect them to show up at a certain time, we can't expect them to automatically know that. Exactly. Let's talk a little bit about what some of those expectations might be. Um, From your standard, well, let's just go from the vantage point of a Bible study leader, a Sunday school teacher, if you will, a life group leader, whatever your church might call it, but that weekly Bible study leader who's been recruited and enlisted for 52 weeks, what would some standard expectations, what could what could our listeners um, consider standard? Just everybody ought to be doing this, and, and we can write this down with a bullet point list. Right. <laughs> Uh, I think the first one is you want to communicate what time you want people to be there. If you're starting your service at 1030, having a volunteer show up at 1030 is not going to work. Um, So whatever time you start receiving children, so if that's 15 minutes before, that really you should communicate that's the latest time that they Mm -hmm. should show up. They really should be there before that. Right. Um, First one in the room wins. (laughs) Exactly. It's a good time for them to... Be familiar with the room, figure out, okay, is the stapler in a different spot? And we're doing a craft with that today, you know. Right. Um, do I need to move anything around, adjust anything? And it's just a good time also for them to prepare their hearts and to pray for the kids who are mm-hmm. coming in their I classroom. I think you're right. It's so much nicer if you're not rushed. That's exactly what I was going to say. If you're not rushed or if you're not sweating when the first child enters the room and you you can walk in and and they can... um, when they walk in, it they feel welcomed and they feel like you're excited that they're there instead of, oh, my goodness, they're here already. Right. So be on time or really on time is early. Early. Yeah. Always early. You can't be early enough. <laughs> what are some other things? I know that we we um, need to make sure our our volunteers understand the policies and procedures of our church. Right. Is that important? Oh, it's it's hugely important. I think you're going to you know make sure that all volunteers know they're expected to fill out a background check. Mm-hmm. They're expected to fill out an application, whatever process you have uh, for working with children, and that you're going to, to run a background check on them. Um, and then also just any policies that you have. So if you have a children's ministry manual of things that you want workers to do or not do, everything from how to you know change diapers to how many adults adults should be in a room to where to get supplies, you know, anything along those lines, you want to go ahead and communicate to them up front so they know and they're in the know. And then that way you can then expect them to follow those things. Right. So policies and procedures are important. I know we have another podcast episode. Listeners, I would encourage you to find that, Google it or do a search on our site and on safety and security, mm-hmm. so what that might look like, but making them aware of what the church has already agreed is our policies and procedures. And how if I don't know those, then I can't follow those. So it's important to give them that expectation. Now, recently, um, I talked to a church who was struggling with their teachers going a little bit rogue and not wanting to follow the uh, the determined curriculum right is it important that they know that going into it is should we expect that and what does that look like you know i think it is important and part of that is connected to your vision and explaining to to volunteers that you know this is because we are communicating specific information to our parents so that they can disciple their kids at home 
So if I have 10 classes all doing 10 different things, then that's very hard to communicate to my parents. But we've picked this curriculum because we're all going to be on the same plan, doing the same thing, um, so we can communicate that to our parents. And so I think providing them with that resource, you know, is going to be hugely important, but then expecting them to teach it mm-hmm. and and explaining that yes you know there's preparation involved there's teaching involved um that's what you signed up to do we're not doing child care mm-hmm. we're teaching god's word right uh, and that's hugely important will we care for the kids yes but we're really teaching god's word that's the most important part of why we're here at church and why we're um in the room with these with these children so good so be early be on time <laughs> uh understand and know the church's policies and procedures, um, teach the approved resources, and, right. and, and that can vary from time to time, but don't, don't, don't get too far off the, the, the mark with us here. Um, what about anything else? What else could we say we need to expect? I think you need to explain to volunteers that you need them to be consistent. Right. We are in a world where consistency is all over the place. Mm-hmm. People don't know it. <laughs> um, we uh, might show up for this and we might show up for that. We're not really into committing and right. then actually following through. Um, but kids really need that consistency. Um, so whatever that commitment is, whether you've signed up, you know, if you're at a rotation or whether you're there weekly, um, so there's very, very different levels of commitment. There are too. different levels of commitment too, and I think but that's consistency important. on the commitment you've made. Yes, and that's you know with understanding that we know there are going to be times people are going to, have to be absent, but if you've made a commitment, you know it's really important. Those kids are relying on you, parents are relying on you, um, other ministers and ministries in the church are relying on you, uh, and so it's just important to be consistent. I want to come back to something you just talked about because a lot of our listeners and, and, and a lot of ministries, we're having to reevaluate what consistency looks like in terms of is it every Sunday or every first Sunday or every fifth Sunday or as we're, we're enlisting, that's beginning to look a little different than it did when I started in kids ministry 25 years ago. Um, what are the advantages are of rotating schedules? What does that look like? Um, I know I'm picking your brain on a lot of things here today, but <laughs> well, you kind of brought it up, and I think this is right. good stuff. Rotation can be different for everybody. Um, I think that's one thing that you have to kind of sit down and look at your church. Um, when I started out, rotation was less likely Mm -hmm. to happen with volunteers. Um, You had more people who could commit weekly. They didn't travel on weekends. Mm -hmm. They weren't going to see grandparents and things of that nature. So they could show up every Sunday. Um, And if you, you know, on the flip side, if you had volunteers who were rotating, they might, you know, be there once a month. They were, you know, in the four-year-olds on the fourth Sunday consistently. Right. Um, Now, we find with you know our volunteers it's a little bit of everywhere mm-hmm. <laughs> so we we have some volunteers um in the setting i'm in currently um, some people who serve once a month some people who serve every week and some people who serve twice a month um based on their schedules right you know understanding that um people have a lot going on and and 
you know, we want to be flexible with them while still providing our kids the care that they uh, deserve and the, the teaching that they need. I think I have to say that ideally, and, and I often say, you here's the ideal, you need to sprinkle your reality over mm-hmm. the top of it. Ideally, we would like our workers to, um, in Bible study setting, to be there every single Sunday. The same workers week in, week, week out, that's consistent. That's I think in the in my heart, I believe that that's what's best for kids. Yes. Um, however, that may not be the reality that we're we're all living in, and and so even being consistent with the commitment you make of the rotation, so that you have the same people, consistent people, even throughout the rotation. Right, and I think too with rotation, you have to take into consideration what is the position, what is the 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 volunteer mm-hmm. position here. If I'm looking for an every, if I'm looking for a Bible study leader, right, who is going to be developing relationships with kids, who's going to be speaking into their lives and being an example for them, I I do want somebody who's there every week. You know, if I'm looking for somebody who is just an extra set of hands, mm-hmm. you know, who's just going to help that teacher accomplish whatever needs to happen. You know, that's a little more flexible. That could be somebody that's who's good. there, you know, every other week. Or and, you know, you that know. really is, I don't want to use the word compromise, but that really sits better with me. Um, so you have the consistency of your maybe lead teacher or right. in some settings the director or whatever they call it in, I don't know, second grade lead teacher. And that teacher's consistent. And maybe the small group leaders, if we have to, that's where we we compromise I don't like the word but that's where we compromise in order to to accommodate the reality of where we might be right and and know that it may take you time to get there mm-hmm. and it's okay if for right now you know maybe in the next six months you're looking at a class that has a different person in there every week because that's just where your church is right now that's reality you know that's reality and you may have it may take you and you a know few what I suspect to that build some up a of leader. our listeners may have not heard us say that before yeah. that it's okay yeah and I sus- also suspect that some of our listeners are ticked off that we just said it <laughs> but it's the truth and and I, I I think that we would be um, remiss to not acknowledge the truth right and I think that's it is that you know the goal is that you're getting somebody in there every week. And it may take you time to develop that leader. So, How would you do that? You know, I think you're going to, there's a couple different ways. One is I'm always an advocate of pairing a new teacher with somebody who's taught before. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe you do that even depending on how new they are. They may need to um, pair up with a couple different leaders so they learn some different styles of teaching, um, some different age groups and that kind of thing. But Pairing them with somebody who's who's traveled the road, who's been there, uh, can be great and give them sort of the the tools for this is how we're going to I'm going to do this, you know, and giving them that example. Um, I also think that you want to um, be really clear in your communication with anybody who's new, who's coming on, so that they they know what's expected, mm-hmm. they know what resources you have for them. Um, I've seen a lot of times where People feel like, you know, oh, if I teach this, then I have to come up with everything all on my own. Right. They don't well, know. They don't know. You know, we have a curriculum we're going to give you. We and have a resource We have this resource room. Yes. You know, if you need construction paper, we have that. All you have to do is ask. So all that kind of I think of a lot of teachers um, 
come see what the kids are taking home and they think I can't afford to do that because we didn't explain what we have available and they think the expectation may be higher than it really is. Right, right, exactly. Let's take a quick break. I'm Michael Wally, the podcast producer and the producer for the Etch Family Ministry Conference. I'd personally love to invite you to join us in downtown Nashville, October 7th through 9th for the Etch Family Ministry Conference. This year, Etch will feature speakers like Louis Giglio, Christine Kane, and more. Find out more at etchconference.com, and we'd love to see you there. Now let's get back to our conversation. Well, I know that um, we've talked a lot about expectations and, and rotations. We put that in there with it. What about expectations on parents? Now, we, I talk about volunteers and I talk about parents as if they're two different sets of people, but oftentimes they're the same people. Should parents be required to work in the ministry area with their kids? You know, every church I've been a part of has had to answer this question mm-hmm. one way or another. Um, <clears throat> sorry. And you know what, Shelly, I don't care how the church chooses to answer it. Parents are going to answer it for themselves. <laughs> they, You may have a policy that every parent has to serve in extended care once a quarter, but if parents aren't going to, they're not going they're to. They're not going to show up. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I think it's just important to decide and sit down and ask yourself some questions. What are our goals? Okay. Our, is our goal um, just to have warm bodies in the room? Well, then, you know, it doesn't matter whether they're passionate about kids' ministry or not. Is our goal somebody who's passionate about kids and about teaching them the Bible? Mm-hmm. You know, that then that's there's some people that's just not their thing. And you know what? I think the goal changes over time too. As you um, grow the ministry, as you have tenure, as you build team, as you help share expectations with your folks and they buy in, it could be a new children's ministry leader is all they can do is get warm bodies in the room. Right. And, and I think that's realistic. Mm-hmm. You know, um, while we always are working for the goal, sometimes, you know, it's, you'll do it. Okay, I'll take you. Come right here, right, <laughs> right now. You not, know? not always. It's not our goal. No. It, 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 not our long-term goal, but it may be our short-term goal. Right. So I got you know. 45 two-year-olds. I've got to get somebody <laughs> in that room. Yeah. Exactly. So I think you just have to answer that question and, um, and look at what your ultimate goal is. Um, go through a few questions. There are a couple of things that I always consider. Um, sometimes there are parents who are in situations where it, what is best for them is to not serve. Mm-hmm. Um, they need some time to be fed for them to grow, um, for them to, um, if they've had some sort of bump in their relationship, they need some healing right. time. Uh, and so it may not be best for them to serve in three-year-olds. It you may know. not be best for the three-year-olds. It, yes, that they serve. you know, during that time because they may truly and honestly need to be um, discipled through times and situations. Um, I don't. That's not all the time. Right. You know, a lot. Most of our parents are fully capable of volunteering. Right. And you while know. we may get taken advantage of by a parent who, who would say. Um, I'm just not at a place right now where I can do that when they've learned that that's a, a good way of getting out of it. We have to be uh, grace-based grace yeah. ministries and understand that um, to say straight out, you can't see, leave your kid here if you're not willing to serve, probably doesn't look at ministry 
past the, the problem or the need instead of, instead we need to be grace-based and loving. What One of my favorite scriptures is, um, talks about without love, you're just a clanging cymbal. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of ministries who sometimes feel more like a clanging cymbal than a, a grace-based love reflective ministry. Right. And it's hard. Volu- finding volunteers is hard. Yes. It's frustrating. We you talked know? about that in another podcast as well. And, and it, it's, it's the number one, one of the, no- I think it's the number one pain point. I, I agree. I uh, used to tell a pastor I worked with, because he would say, how can we get more volunteers? You know, can, is there something you can learn at a conference? I'm like, <laughs> let me tell you, at a conference, the volunteer session is the one that's got the most people in the room. And I've said before, there's no you know, magic pill. No. You know, there's no amount of money you can spend at Lifeway and then we'll give you the secret. You know, right. it just doesn't, it's hard. It's hard. And so sometimes I think we would be, we would maybe tend to lower the expectations in order to think we would get more people. And at the end of the day, you might get them for that moment but we would really like to get them for a season. So ministry descriptions and helping them know what it is we expect, I think helps us with that. Definitely, definitely. I know that you would agree with me that continued education of your volunteer leaders are important as well, and we've got to help them with that, and there's a variety of different ways we can do that. It can be um, little chunks through emails. It can be um, attendance um, at our uh, policy and procedure review or, or risk management things. There's a lot of ways that we can help them get get additional training. But if we don't let them know, that's an expectation. Right. And, you know, it can be anything from podcasts to videos online to It's not books. all about showing up together. No, and, you know, and, and sometimes that's three hours. That's seems to be that kind of seems to be our fallback oh we'll uh-huh. have this training we'll have people show up but that more and more is becoming um, less and less less, attended. And, <laughs> less and less attended people are busy i think it's both and so, at this point yeah. i think we need to offer both and i was in a training session at my church this past week and i thought we should have been recording this mm-hmm. for those who aren't here right because i know there was one of my team members who wasn't there because for a legitimate reason there was no way she could be there but she probably would have spent 45 minutes watching it later. Later. You know, and I found um, recently we had to, we realized that there was no room on the calendar to mm-hmm. schedule uh, a volunteer meeting that we need, we needed some, give out some information regarding BBS. And so my co-director and I, um, we sat down and we recorded a video awesome. that went out in our weekly email. So that was different. It's mm-hmm. not something we had done. Um, but you know, there were people who would come in on Sunday and say, I watched the video and I I really understood what we're doing and why we're doing it. And that makes so much sense. Well, and then they have the privilege of replay. Yes. And I didn't get that. Let me hear that again. Right. So, you know, granted now there are people who, you know, didn't watch the video because they don't read their email, you know, whatever form of communication you choose, somebody's always not going to get it. Right. (laughs) So, um, you know, we provided, you know, so there were some people you have personal conversations with and things of that nature, but you have to um, sometimes get creative and mm-hmm. do things in a different way, uh, and, and it works. Mm-hmm. So. I love it. Um, I want to talk about something difficult, because what if you have a leader who 
either can't or refuses to or whatever lives up or just will not meet, cannot meet the expectations, and you need to let them go. Ugh. I'm not good there. Help me know what about, what if you need to fire a volunteer? Right. Ugh. I don't like it either. That's difficult. I don't enjoy conflict me at either. all. Uh, but unfortunately, that's a part of leadership. Mm. And there are times where um, you need to have conversations with people and they need to be full of grace as much as you can get. Mm-hmm. Back to the um, clanging cymbals. Yes. Don't be a clanging cymbal. That right. needs to be a T-shirt. You Don't know, be a clanging cymbal. I, you know, um, I think you have to, if, if it comes down to it and you're in that situation where you figured out, okay, there, it's not possible to reassign this person. It's not possible. I think that's a good way to start. A, yes, that's a great way to start. And I've, and I've found that, you know, I've, I've had a volunteer once who um, loved serving in a particular age group. Um, but for safety reasons, we really needed her to serve with a different age right. group than the one she was in. Um, and that was a, a tough conversation to have. But part of the, the joy of that, too, was that we were able to affirm that you're important in our ministry. We want you in our ministry. You know, um, we just need to adjust where <laughs> you're serving in our ministry. So that's a, that's a good start. Yes. So just because they're not able to uh, meet the requirements or meet the, uh, the volunteer um, expectations in Bible study doesn't mean they couldn't perhaps be a greeter correct or or some other right. there, in a different capacity there are a lot of places that people can serve you know I had a lady one time who she came in and made copies for me during the week because she go. couldn't come <laughs> she like couldn't serve now. on Sunday <laughs> and that was such a huge blessing for me to just be able to say I need you know here's here's my post-it note with you know how many pages I need of all these things and that was a great way for her to serve you know whereas teaching sixth graders was not a good fit for her (laughs) so you know that's just sometimes people find that what they're doing is is not the right fit for them so I think looking to reassign them is a great option sometimes it's a simple matter of retraining somebody Mm -hmm. they may just not be aware of a certain policy right that you have or maybe they've forgotten about it uh, and so you just need to to remind them about that this is how we do this this is how pickup this isn't shelly's policy (laughs) this is the church our church's policy Mm -hmm. you know we you know we have this policy for you know whatever reason sometimes people just don't understand the reason behind it mm -hmm. And so um, they're reluctant to do it, but once they understand the reason and understand why the church has decided to go that route, um, that makes it a lot easier. Every now and again, you find somebody who is just a completely not a fit for where they want to be, and you have to just say, okay, we're going to have to right. cut ties here. Um, mm. That is super hard. It really is. Um I recommend, um, and I can't say I've always had the conversation in the best way with people. Uh, sometimes you, you learn by trial and error. Right. Um, but one of the things I've learned is um, gentleness mm-hmm. and graciousness are hugely important in those conversations. Um, helping the person understand this is not a personal attack right. against them. Um, even if 
the reason they can't serve is something personal going on in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not you attacking them. Um, and that sometimes you just have to gently explain that, you know, God has given you um, an immense responsibility. Right. And that sometimes the decision is, is heartbreaking for you, mm-hmm. just like it's heartbreaking for them. I think that um, a good word of thumb is to make sure that you're supervisor and that could be your pastor and might need to go that far up the chain before the conversation happens too because they don't see him as somebody they can't reach out to and email right (laughs) and so he needs to be fully aware of what's going on Mm -hmm. so that and and that you're all on the same page right and i even suggest if if possible if you have somebody who's serving on your team and your leadership that can have that sit in with you while you have that oh, conversation. Um, number one, it helps you have another witness there mm-hmm. to what is said. Um, but two, I think it also helps the, the person understand this is not you against them personally, right. that this is having to be a decision of the children's ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not something that, um, that you're out to get them in any mm-hmm. kind of way, this kind of thing. But yes, I definitely say um, let your pastor know. And sometimes... Uh, being really honest, sometimes the conversation that needs to be had, it needs to be your supervisor having that conversation with that person and not you. So them knowing what's going on, you know, is going to allow you to decide, okay, who does need to have this conversation with this volunteer? Sometimes it might be your supervisor, or it might be a pastor, or it might be, and sometimes it might be you. <laughs> sometimes it, mm-hmm. it falls to you and that's just the way that works. Yeah. Um, but including them in the conversation is helpful um, because and sometimes they might know background on somebody and be able to give you um, some good um, um, preparation for how to go about right. communicating. Well, I think everybody would agree that volunteers are essential in kids' ministry. We don't have a choice. We have to have them. We need them. Um, and that's that's a blessing. And I think that when we handle them correctly and when we give them the expectations and put them out there in a way that's clear, then we're going to see better results. Definitely. I think it's a huge disservice to our kids to think we could do it all. Right. Um, we can't. That's no. a great. That's a great way to sign up for burnout. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, and I think we all have had seasons where it seems like we've we've been doing it all. Mm-hmm. You know, and and there will be short periods of that. Let's just be realistic. Sometimes there'll be short periods of where you're having to do a little bit more while you're finding people to plug in. Um, but I think that's not the ultimate goal. And I always remember that one of the beautiful parts of the church is that there are different people with different gifts mm. who are called to speak into kids lives you know and um there are people who have been gifted musically right you know who can teach kids how to worship you know there are kids who are you know who are adults who are more oriented for games Mm -hmm. and really can connect with those preteen boys who need to be a little active you know so i think that's the beauty too wouldn't it be just like god to orchestrate teams that have complementary giftedness. Yes. I think he does it all the time. Yeah. Thank you, Shelley. Thank you so much for being with us. I look forward to a 
future conversations with you. Uh, you bring so much to the table, and I know our listeners are appreciative of your of this conversation and your recommendations and thoughts and gives us a lot to think about so that we can go out and do what God's called us to do even better. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. You can find out more at kidsministry101.com. We'll see you back here later on the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.